alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome to a new episode of Monday Musings Parenting Podcast with Irada Ahmed. In today's episode, we will be discussing the topic of children and bilingualism because in today's day and age, many of us are trying to raise children in a country of outside of our country of origin. So we will be tackling two specific questions with our guest Salma Zafar of Urdu Adventures. Welcome, Salma. Assalamu alaikum, Jazakallah for having me. I am privileged and I feel honored to be able to share the platform with you today. Alhamdulillah, welcome aboard, mashallah. So the questions we will be tackling today are very relevant to most of us. So if you are a parent who is trying to raise a child outside your country of origin, why is it important to preserve their mother tongue? And what can you, me, we as parents do to help uh, our children keep their own language, inshallah. So Salma, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey with Urdu Adventures and uh, the reasons behind why you found this? Sure. So Urdu has always been my passion. I was raised being able to speak it and I have found it to be my superpower, being able to travel and speak to people in Urdu and to do so confidently, to be able to understand them, to be able to reply, to be able to understand them thinking it. So when my when I thought of having children, I always thought they would be able to speak in Urdu and it was a very important thing to me. When my kids started to speak, they were able to speak in Urdu and respond. When they started school we start, we found that English was becoming their dominant language and that was when I started to look around me and I found that children around me were understanding Urdu at best but not speaking back that was when we got together with a few moms and we started to improve our approach with bringing Urdu into their lives and that's where Urdu Adventures really started it's just a platform for us moms to be able to create a safe environment for us to be able to go back to our children and uh, give them the resources to be able to move forward with Urdu. Yeah, why do you think, you know, you are someone who was born and raised in England, right? So I think as generations pass, we will have less and less connections with back home. And it's really important at the moment to measure up, you know, like people for, for someone who is second and third generation living, you know, elsewhere, um, then they, they may think like, oh, it's not important, right? For most people who live in England as second, third generation, they may think, ah, oh, we have nothing to do with uh, Pakistan. We have no relatives, no business or Uzbekistan, for example. So it's not really important for my children to uh, learn Urdu, right? So how, wh what are the benefits? You know, why do you think parents should uh, pay attention to preserve their language? Are there any other benefits for children? So apart from the benefit of being connected to and uh, staying uh, close to your culture and uh, country of origin, there's so many other benefits. The, these community languages, which are seen as being Urdu, T Turkish, Chinese, Bengali, and even Arabic in some cases, are becoming very useful in the business world. As global globalization continues and the online industry is exploding, it can really help your children's career prospects as well. Languages have been shown in uh, studies to improve memory and mm -hmm. slow down the process of aging too. Mm -hmm. 
Interesting. And um, when when did it, you know, like it's something that parents will have to make conscious effort, right? It's not something that comes uh, automatically. For example, do you do you make that effort to speak only in Urdu in your in your house? Like, how do you what do you do as a parent? You know, you're saying like Urdu is important for my children and I want them to be able to speak. So what do you do? So there's so many things you can actually do. If we look at the resources that are available out there, there's not that many. So it comes back to us and it's our job to be able to create that environment for them. And it's about making it fun for them, making it relevant for them. If you just incorporate one or two things into your daily routine, it will become so much more easier. And in the long run, you will see those benefits. So for example, if you uh, say a sentence in your mother tongue, so in my case, we will say it in Urdu, and then you say it in English, they will begin to understand that this means the same thing in in English. So you will have to speak. Sorry, sorry to interrupt here. So you you will have to speak at, in two languages simultaneously, right? So yeah, yes. So if you're saying to them, come over here, you will say it in your mother tongue and you say it in English in their dominant you language. Have time for that? We don't Not have... all. Yeah. No, don't always. even have time to speak in one language, right? Yeah. So nowadays, you know, don't you think it's kind of uh, creating another layer of pressure on parents? Um, because nowadays we have so much on our plate, right? A lot of parents trying to, you know, ar arrange extracurricular activities or trying to give the best start for their children, you know? So how, how easily you make that switch, you know, from Urdu to English? I think it all goes back to your why. So if your why is big, you will find time to incorporate these small steps into your life. If your why is to keep them connected, whatever your why is, if you use that to motivate you and the steps that you can take is you don't have to speak the whole sentence in English and Urdu, for example. You can play games or games. You can um, make it fun for them. You can watch um, a a documentary or a cartoon in Urdu. Mm -hmm. For example, in my household, we watch the prophet prophetic stories on uh, YouTube and it's in Urdu. You've got it a girl in now in fluent. Urdu. Are your children in Urdu? Are they very fluent? So they speak it and they understand it and they still have their limitations. For example, in Urdu, we have the concept of singular and plural. They will get that mixed up. But then when you, you point it out to them, they're able to self-correct now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, so we, we are, you know, we are now living in a hustle culture, right? Everybody is like running from one moment to another. We have so much to do. And what can parents do? Uh, you know, busy parents who don't have that time every Monday, five o'clock, we sit down and do Uzbek or Arabic or, you know, uh, Urdu. What, what, what do you suggest? What can they do practically to help their children keep their language? Yeah, I think it's important that we use all the senses to bring Urdu into their life. If we think about ourselves, we didn't just learn Urdu sitting at a desk. We learned Urdu from being spoken to when our parents were happy, when they were upset with us, when we were sad. It was all around us. So we have to create the same environment for them. So, for example, so in our household, we have Nasheeds playing around Eid time and Ramadan in Urdu. Mm -hmm. So this is bringing in the the side of hearing to be able to create a memory of happiness in their mind and being having it connected to Urdu. Then, for example, when they are writing Eid cards, we try to get them to sign off in English and in Urdu. So it's connecting them back to that language. 
example, when we are playing games, we will try to play I Spy in Urdu. And this may be limited because they may only know five or six words in that room in Urdu, but it's still keeping their excitement. And then you can introduce another word. And every time you play that game, their word bank is increasing. Interesting. Okay, so um, what in terms of resources, right? So we want them to be able to speak and understand our own language. And obviously, it's not going to be like, for example, my children are we originally from Uzbekistan, and the way they learn Uzbek is nowhere near the way Uzbek children learn Uzbek language in Uzbekistan, right? Because they're learning it almost like a foreigner, right? As an additional language or as a foreign language. And when I try to teach my children, you know, Uzbek, I find it extremely difficult. I even have like textbooks and workbooks brought all the way from Uzbekistan, but they can't do it, right? They can't do it. So uh, uh, how, like, how easy is it for parents to find resources to be able to teach this language, you know, uh, because they, they're teaching them as a foreign language or as a second additional language. Uh, how do you find that? Or do you make your own resources? This is a really, really good point. So how our children will learn Urdu is totally different to how we picked it up. Firstly, their dominant language is English. So I concentrated on, for my children, I concentrated on them learning Urdu as a conversational language. So they think and write and read in English. So we are using the English alphabet and the phonetic system to be able to teach them in Urdu. So for example, if they're learning Mera Nam Salma Hai, they are learning Mera as M-E-R-A, Nam as N-A-A-M. They're not using their Urdu alphabet to write this. And the reason why I took this step was because they were learning Arabic at the same time and the alphabets can be very similar between Urdu and Arabic. And I didn't want them to get confused in that. Right now, at this age, it's important for us to get our children connected to the language and get that taste of success of being able to speak in that language. Once they have that, they can build it up. And then you are the biggest resource. Use that. You know more than enough to be able to at this stage to be able to create your own resources and those own resources doesn't mean you sitting down and creating a pdf you just use the english terminology and language and alphabet to be able to explain it to them even that in and of itself is a, is a big like win right for children they don't they may not be able to read or write but as long as they can speak and converse and you know uh, pass on the meaning then they can form connections, right? Mashallah. I think it is. If I mean, for example, I'll give you. I'll give you an example. Uh, numbers one to ten. Yes, they learn how to write number one to ten in Urdu, but we mm -hmm. use the English alphabet. So we wrote ek um, as ek or aik, whichever your, way you feel your child can phonetically get that word correct. And they were instantly able to look at the numbers and read them. And now you will see them writing their on their books the English number, but the Urdu number too. And they will count in Urdu as they are going up and down the stairs. And that's only possible because we're using the dominant language, English. Interesting. Okay, welcome. Uh, uh, very interesting discussions, inshallah. Um, I'm sure we will touch base on the topic of children and bilingualism and why it is important for us parents to preserve our children's mother tongue. It's almost as like part of their identity, isn't it? Other than being, you know, uh, being able to pass your own culture, your own beliefs, 
you know, languages form a big part of identity. And I remember um, Leonard Sachs in one of the books uh, talks about how parents should focus on their own language, uh, this community language, you know, the book, um, I think, called The Collapse of Parenting. And it's very interesting the way he uh, explains how, in what ways these languages can benefit children in the future, right? Not just being able to do business or being able to converse, but in so many other ways. And if parents can't speak it, and all they have to do is just speak it at home, right? And then the children will have uh, another language in their pocket, mashallah. So, uh, Jazakumullah khair for tuning in to today's episode. Please uh, like, comment, share if you find this interesting or have friends who are interested and follow us on social media. And for those of you who are, you know, trying to teach your children Urdu language outside of uh, your own country, then you may be able to find some resources, help, support, guidance, follow Urdu Adventures on Facebook and Instagram, inshallah. So final words, Salma? Jazakallah for having me on here. It was an honor. And yes, um, if uh, any of your listeners would like to come on in into the Urdu Adventures group, we have some amazing moms that support each other on this Urdu journey. And I'm looking forward to welcoming uh, you too. Inshallah. for tuning in and see you in uh, episode 15. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.